What's up everybody, this is Elliot Terrell with Magical Thinking, brought to you by artofmagic.com. Um, today's guest is very special for me, I, you know, I love this performer, I saw him, uh, I guess the first time I was introduced to him was Fool Us, back when it was in Britain, and uh, yeah, he was on, it was amazing, I loved his comedy, I loved his performance. This is, of course, Piff the Magic Dragon, or John Vanderput, as some of you may know him since before he was Piff. Uh, we talked a bit about show business, about creating a character, um, committing performance, about uh, using an animal. Speaking of which, Mr. Piffles had an unfortunate accident. <laughs> uh, for about 20 minutes of the podcast, you'll hear us reacting and uh, cleaning up at, well, John cleaned up after him. I, I sat and laughed and giggled like a schoolgirl. Uh, anyway, we had a great time talking. It was such a pleasure to sit down with him and discuss magic and life. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. A uh, bit of housekeeping at the top. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at, at A Sense of Mystery. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Art of Magic, Twitter, Art of Magic. Um, I hope you guys enjoy, and it was certainly a delight and a treasure spending time with him, and you'll probably get tired of hearing me say delight and treasure, but it really was such a lovely experience uh, sitting down with someone that I so deeply admire, and anyway, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, have fun listening, and let me know. Send me an email, podcast at artofmagic.com, what you think, and maybe who you think uh, somebody is, should be that I sit down and talk to. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and uh, have a good time. Thanks. <laughs> That's fine. This will be fun. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Right, I'm going to split these cards while we do this. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I do... More of you. Who, who, oh my god. Oh, the lotion! The lotion. <laughs> okay, try not to do that I again. That is quite strong, that lotion. <laughs> um, so I get no like, winter itch, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 So, and then Jade went out and bought that lotion and put it on. I was like, oh my god, I'm burning. <laughs> I tell you, that make good intent. lotion, Dan and Dave. Oh, yeah. That what happened to their great. lotion? <laughs> uh, the producer got tired of doing it, actually actively hated making it. Well, why didn't they just go, no problem, we'll do it in-house? We did. That's that's what I'm saying. Justin hated making it. Who's Justin? Their older brother. Oh, he made it already. Yeah, he yeah. makes all their stuff. Right. But that stuff is good. I agree. I still have the, like, my first bottle from years ago. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway. <laughs> that wasn't meant to plug Dan and Dave, I guess. I'm happy to plug Dan and Dave. What else? What other Dan and Dave products should we talk about? <laughs> I'm not interested in any of that. <laughs> I've got an ostrich card case. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it one of the new ones? I don't know. It's a couple of years old. Do you like I, it? I love it. The only problem is I feel it elevates my skill level far above what it is. You take it out and people assume. People right? are like, oh, here we go. <laughs> here and we I'm go. like, oh, no. I've got no cardistry skills. Well, that was... That was uh, the first time I met you, only briefly, was at MagicCon when you guys did that video. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorite magic conventions. I think it's probably my favorite one that I've ever been to. Because I, I genuinely, generally hate magic conventions and turn them down all the time. But um, 
Dan, Dan or Dave asked me to do that. So I was like, yeah, all right, I'll come and do it. And it was great. I had a good time. That's awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed your performance. Oh, I didn't enjoy performing there. Well, no, I figured not. <laughs> no, no, I didn't enjoy that. Bit. It is a great place to hang out. and Yeah, and I, just, I just like hanging out with you know people. And, um, I think I met Jeff Kayla there as well. But I met a couple of people there who like went on to get, like, Wilman was the first time I met Wilman. You know, people who, like, went on to become, like, real, really good friends, especially when I moved out here permanently. Chris Chalco, um, I think, I think that was the first time I met Chalco. I love Chalco. He's oh, the best. Yeah. Him and I just did the playing cards together. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. That's For the benefit cool. of your listeners, I'm splitting playing cards. <laughs> and I will continue to do so. That's fine. Do you want to tell us why? You don't have to. Um, yeah, well, I'm just prepping my show. Okay. So. And you're... So, okay. We can get into it, I suppose. So you're performing at the American Comedy Company here in yeah. San Diego. Yeah. And I am curious... You've performed in enormous venues. I'm sure you've performed in small ones as well. Yeah. But just for the people listening, uh, your character, the Magic Dragon... Well, yeah, I mean, really, it's just me in a dragon outfit, but sure, like, <laughs> my, my quote-unquote character. <clears throat> well, well, Piffles is so adorable. Um, Piffles has you, got a character. Yeah, Piffles. You can talk to him about character. <laughs> He's got a lot of work on it. Um, but, oh, so, just going into a comedy club, how do you... What is that? I, I don't know. Are you? What's your question? Come on, spit it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> are you performing magic in the comedy club? Are you doing stand up? Is it a combination of both? I just well, I do my act, which is a combination of both. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> some magicians might disagree with me about the magic content, and some comedians would also disagree with the comedy. But yeah, like it's a mix of comedy and magic. So, do you are do comedians? view you similarly as to how they view uh, musical comedians that you're using a crutch when you do comedy uh, probably <laughs> I mean I would you would and I, I think that's that's true as well you know I mean like crutch is a like negative term oh yeah I don't feel that way at all but I just well, no well look if you, if you feel you can say that way right that's fine too um no like cr- crutch is probably a negative word but um you know, maybe gimmick or something. Like, whatever sure. it is, I'm definitely using something. Um, you know, it's not as pure as standing there telling jokes at a microphone. And and for me, I think the the type of laughter is also different because um, I think there's a much purer laughter if you're just at a microphone doing jokes as opposed to if you're doing magic mm-hmm. because people have to watch and then react. Whereas with comedy, people can just you know. They don't have anything to pay attention to. They're just laughing, you know. So I, I think the laughs tend to be bigger um, from just comedians. I would wholeheartedly agree. And I and again, I think it's it's awesome. And I, I'm, not, I'm not a purist in that aspect. That doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a purist in any aspect, so... <laughs> the last thing I am is a purist. But, um, you know, I just think, like, if you... It's very natural that if you're watching a comedy a comedy show, all you have to think about is the jokes. Whereas if you're watching a magic show, people, you know, for good or for bad, are also trying to work out how you do it, and they're trying to watch you to make sure you don't, you know, do do anything sneaky. Sure. So there's always that split focus. 
And so the laughs are bigger because people are doing several things at once? No, in a comedy show, I think they're not as big. Oh, okay. Sorry, hang on, what am I saying? In a, in a, in a, when you're a magician doing comedy in a comedy yeah. show, yeah. I think, you know, generally, like the laughs are, oh, you know what, it's, it's different, but like, all no, I'm, saying, I, I'm interested. Know, if all I'm know. saying is like there, there's split focus in in a sure. comedy magic show. So I mean, it's difficult to, because there are some things that I do that will get much bigger laughs than like a, a, you know stand up doing jokes. Sure. And there are some things I do that the joke that the laughs will sort of be, um, you know, people are trying to they laugh and then they try and recover quickly so that they can continue seeing what I'm doing. Sure. That's and then there are other times when I'm not even doing jokes, I'm just doing magic. Mm-hmm. So. Well, so how do you approach, uh, how do you sort of structure your show in regards to, are you recording and counting laughs, or are you trying um, to get the most At the impact? beginning, then I was, when I first started, I would record, what, what, what do you want, Piffles? What's up? Oh, Piffles is not happy. <laughs> Come on, buddy. You want to, go? You want to eat? Um, look, your house is over here, and your food is over here. What did you want? <laughs> no, he wants just to come up and hang out. That's great. All right. What was that question again? Um, how are you structuring your show? Are you, what's your, you know? Um, so at the beginning, I used to, like, do... This is, like, eight years, seven, eight years ago. Mm, seven years. What year is it? 2015. Yes. So I've been doing Piff since 2008. So that's seven years ago. So at the beginning, I would like write down a routine, mm-hmm. go to comedy clubs, try it, record it, go home, listen, listen back, and I would listen, be listening for the laughs. So if there wasn't a laugh every like seven to ten seconds, then I would be like, okay, well, I got to redo some jokes. So then I would write some more jokes, and then I would go and do it again. And then I would listen, and I would just keep refining it like that. Um, and, you know, some nights, like, <clears throat> I would increase the amount of laughs. Some nights I would decrease, because I took out bits that I didn't think was funny, but turns out, like, um, other bits needed. I mean, one night I took out all the jokes, literally. Mm-hmm. I went on and was like, I was like, oh, I just took out every single funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> and came up with the silence, I was like, that was awkward. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so, so I did that. Now I didn't really work that way. Um, just because my routines were a bit more... You know, I've got a lot of routines that are a bit more finished. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also I like to improvise a bit more these days, so... That's great, yeah. Yeah. Are you writing from stage just your comedy, or are you, are you riffing magic as well? I don't even know how you riff magic. How do you riff magic? Just jazzing, just... What do you mean jazzing? You don't want to do... <laughs> Well, I mean, I oh, guess... I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you're doing card tricks and making them up. Yeah. Right, no, don't do that. Okay. No. Uh, so are you riffing bits then, just... Uh, yeah, bits, okay. and also the interaction with people. Because mm-hmm. I don't do many card tricks on stage. I do, like, um, two at the moment, three. Yeah, in an hour set. Okay. And, um, you know, they're not... And they're sort of not really... Uh, you know, they're not really, like card routines yeah, sure. they're like you know um, object in found location card tricks mm-hmm. and all that stuff and I do that thing I did on Pan and Teller 
uh, as well and close my set with that which is what I'm prepping now um, so so yeah I used to do a lot more magic like a lot, lot more card based magic tricks that doesn't really make sense I'm really this is early in the morning for me you're not getting me up my most coherent this is fine so I used to do like um, like I would do multiple selection sure um, I would do a stack deck routine um, which you know they were funny and I like that stack deck routine I would probably do again because that was pretty strong um, but at the end of the day I kind of in comedy clubs this first time around I'm I was just happened to be doing this material, you know. It's just the material that I've been doing recently and thinking about, and um, yeah. How often are you? <laughs> no, that's the perfect. No, that was very insightful. No, that's the perfect way to finish a question is by trailing just off, trailing saying, off yeah. into into a, a self navel gazing. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any about, other way. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, oh god, what am I even saying? <laughs> You kind of lost the whole train. Right. I was just like, now I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and I forgot the Because the thing is, I guess, I guess really the thing is that, that I spent most of my life thinking about what I'm going to do on stage mm-hmm. and refining that. But it's like, it's so big that to try and like sit down and go, oh, this is my method and this is that. Then, um, especially when I'm, especially at 11 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. And and the other thing is, like, I quite like not knowing. Oh yeah, you know, and I like okay. like having no rules and breaking them all and changing them all and everything that I used to think I've sort of gone back on and um, so you know I would always say like it's really important to script your act. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really important to like have a script and write it down and like make sure that you know like tighten everything up and and I and I think that's true and I like, I will try. And take a joke from ten words to five words or something. Sure. You know, but um, equally, I always think there's a place just to go out stage and try stuff. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and I think there's an evolution to that as well. It's good to be able to get up and <laughs> recite and perform that way so that you then become comfortable and can yeah. improvise as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, being okay with like an awkward space like leaves you opportunities to find something funny through it so like you know if I'm talking to someone and it gets awkward which it does frequently sure you know like last night it got really awkward um because there was this guy and he was heckling it wasn't heckling me actually it was heckling my opening act and I then, thought you were going to say he was heckling piffles <laughs> no it wasn't even heckling the night came on and he said something under his breath which was just like it wasn't even a heckle but I was like what did you say and like talked to him and then he sort of didn't really engage me and went back to just eating and he was eating this massive plate of nachos <laughs> and I was just like yeah that's right eat your pain away and like it got really awkward because <laughs> it was a little bit too close to the truth oh it? yeah hit and, real close to home yeah but like, I'm okay with that and then, <laughs> and, then it, and then we all got through and it got funny again oh of course well yeah that that's like a a beautiful place that awkwardness because everybody in the room feels it you're all right. there <laughs> The audience, like, acts as one, really. You know, they feel it. They, they, you know, they know something's going on. If you, like, my, one of my, one of my rules, which I don't follow, is, like, if I'm thinking something, I have to say it. Sure. Because everyone's thinking it. Like, if I'm on stage and I go, oh, this is awkward, everyone in the room, or most people, are thinking this is awkward. Mm -hmm. And the only way to 
um, deal with that is just to say it straight away. So, like, you try and... Um, I try and um, just have that... Uh, when I'm performing, um, I, I try and have that... Whatever's going on in my head, I sort of try and get it out to some degree. Sure. You know, whereas if I'm on stage thinking about my shopping list, then I know I'm not really... You're not in that moment. Not really in it, yeah. yeah. Um, well, do you find that... Or, you know, and like one of the ways to break that is to just go, you know, shuffle the cards up. What should I have for dinner? <laughs> you know, just to, like, speak Say it out. Say it out loud. And then, yeah. Because I think, like, that's, like, people, like... <clears throat> I always hear this, like, oh, my character wouldn't do that. Or, well, what's your character doing? And it's just, like, it's such... Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, of course. Oh, it's such bullshit because, like, um, you know, you look in the news every day and it's just full of people going, oh, he was such a quiet man. Like, <laughs> who, would have ever, who would have ever thought? And that's the thing about, like, character is that in any given situation, the character's going to react any different way. So whatever way you wait, whatever way you act in that situation, that's how your character just acted. Yeah. You know? And so the quicker you can, like, have that impulse, like, in your head, it out. straight on stage... Then um, that's you know, to to me that's the funny bit. Well, and I was going to ask: Do you think you can get away with sort of of that absurdist like, yeah, what am I going to have for dinner while you're shuffling the cards because you're in a dragon costume, <clears throat> or do you think that anyone could do that at oh, any time? I think I think that probably. I mean, well, like I started wearing the dragon outfit because I used to get fired everywhere, <laughs> so I would say no. <laughs> I would say I have proven. That 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 impulse that well, you know, doesn't always work for everyone. Sure. <laughs> I think it's difficult as a magician to. Well, it depends how you paint yourself as a magician. But um, part of that character, the fact that I'm like, yeah, I'm a genuine magic dragon. You know, I mean, to me, it's the same as people saying I'm a genuine magician. Yeah, of course. You know, it's the same thing. So, um, but the fact that I'm in a costume and look ridiculous gives me a bit more of a license to do things. Mm-hmm. So, people are accepting you as that performer. Yeah, they are, and all that performer really is is a more honest version of myself. Isn't that amazing? Like that you put on a costume and are then given the liberty to be more real. Yeah, I mean it is amazing, but also it's like it's very old. You know, it's like the jester, court jester thing. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, you know, a lot of theatre is that. So sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's always funny to me that I could just be like, I'm really hungry right now. You know, could I just... Like, yesterday, um, somebody had nachos, and I, so I just gave them the dog and took their nachos and started eating them. And we're like, oh, that's so funny. I'm like, I'm genuinely hungry. Like, these nachos are delicious. <laughs> I'm just eating their nachos. Well, like, oh, I have such a good bit. Like, mm, this isn't a bit. I'm taking this advantage isn't a bit. of you. I'm very hungry. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to put my dog next to a plate of nachos because they're going to feed my dog nachos and he's going to shit all over the stage. I'm taking the nachos. Now I'm hungry. I'm going to eat the nachos. So, you know, there's no great craft in that comedy writing there. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not good comedy writing. Is that, is that like an instinct that was cultivated? Is that why you put on the costume, I guess? Is so that you wouldn't be fired at places? Right. <laughs> no, there wasn't anything. there wasn't anything that calculated. Um, in any of this stuff um, no I just um, I found it by accident mm-hmm. and then um, once I started doing it then I realised what it was really 
and then I could really play around with it and um, and then over the years obviously like trial and error sort of showed me what worked best and what didn't so what led to the costume well I mean I was just at a party I went to a costume party in a dragon outfit and nobody else was in costume <laughs> nobody else was bothered and I was like you little bastards <laughs> um, and my friend said to me, oh, you should do this in your act. You could be Puff the Magic Dragon. I said, oh, I could be Piff the Magic Dragon. Um, and then I tried it, and it just clicked. So I was like, let's do that then. And then a year later, you got Mr. Piffles. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was it a year? Yeah, about that. Yeah, I did um, my first Edinburgh. And in Edinburgh, I got, I got Mr. Piffles. Because I thought, what this act needs is a gimmick. Um, <laughs> And so I got Piffles. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, like, at the beginning, I think comics were like, what is going on? Sure. It was just like gimmick after gimmick. But then once they started seeing the writing in there, then, I mean, comics have been very nice to me, actually. You know, sometimes a lot nicer than magicians have been about it. So Sure. Um, you know, and it's much easier because like, I came up in the UK... And there were some definitely some times when bookers were like, no, you know, we're not going to book this. This is not what, you know. Um, but here, because I managed to, you know, when I came over, I was like headlining in Vegas, and then I did AGT this year. So people know what the act is. Sure. And um, it has like, for want of a better word, like some credibility. So, like, comics are really nice to me, you know. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have any that sort of stigma attached of like when you're trying to work out a new idea because it's terrible. It's like usually terrible for the first year or so, and um, with with small glimmers of hope. Um, and when I mean I do this to people all the time. I'll see somebody and form my entire opinion about their performance out of that one viewing, sure. mm-hmm. and then ten years later I'll be like, oh no, I saw them. They're not very good. And you're just like, well, probably done. <laughs> you know, hopefully. A couple of thousand shows between now and then, they're probably a lot better. So I certainly am from when I started. Um, yeah, whatever question I was talking about. <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't know. Oh, I asked about um, putting the costume on for the first time and then getting Mr. Piffles. Yeah, did yeah. I answer all your questions about that? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I enjoyed it, regardless of if the question was answered. But I feel that you did. Um, so you grew up in London in the 80s. Yeah, wow. How old are you? Seven? <laughs> I am, I was born in the 90s. I'm oh 20, my god, the I'm way 22. you said that. I'm, you're 22. <laughs> I'm 22. <laughs> you grew up in London in the 80s. What was it like back then? What was it like in ancient times? Tell me about times. those times. <laughs> wow, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that through. Wow, wow, Elliot. <laughs> well, I, I'm just curious. As what would you like to know about our people? <laughs> I'm curious as to like, um, well, how you got the magic bug, what comedy influences you had growing up, stuff like that. Because the, I, I'm a huge fan of the British sensibility as far as humor is concerned. Right. Well, me too. Well, I should hope so. <laughs> I mean, that is certainly what I, you know, what I grew up on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I um, would watch programs like Blackadder and. Um, uh, Forty Towers, um, so those sort of like 
That was definitely the comedy that I loved. And then I hated magic when I grew up. Really hated it. Um, and still now, I don't like a lot of magic. You know, I, so I reckon I like about 4% of magic. Which is not much at all. Is your magic in that 4%? Sometimes. Okay. Not, not, not often. No, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it is. Um, so I used to hate magic. And then there was a show when I was about 15 or 16. Hmm. Yeah, I think around that time. Maybe maybe later, maybe it was 18. Um, called Stuff the White Rabbit, which um, was hosted by a guy called John Lenahan and had people like David Williamson. Uh, I think Amazing Jonathan did it. Um, and then the English people like Jerry Sadowitz and, you know... So these... And these were guys who were mixing, like, strong close-up magic or strong stand-up magic with really strong comedy. Um, and I loved those guys. Um, and then there were other acts on the show who would just who would sort of mix magic their comedy with weak magic and I never really went for that at all like, I liked it when it was like really good magic and really funny funny comedy so um, and at the time I was doing close up magic so um, I started that was that was what really got me into magic that show um, and you know like I, the first Blaine special sure you know I, would, I watched that I was like this is this is, you know, learning how to do that sort of really visual close-up magic. Um, and then um, I did that for a few years and then decided... I think the thing with close-up magic is... I'm not sure this is so true over here, actually, but in maybe it's not even true in London anymore. At the time when I started, um, you know, I would go and talk to other magicians and they would be like, well, if you want to do close... If you want to do close-up magic... If you want to do magic for a living... You have to do either children's parties or weddings or corporate functions. And um, <clears throat> so I spent a long time doing that. And then I realized I didn't really want to be in that because to me, like, there are two branches of magic. There's sort of magic as a service industry, which is uh, corporates and weddings and bar mitzvahs, where you're basically an interchangeable product and sure. you're like a can of pay or a glass of champagne. And then there's sort of the more show business side of magic, which is you know, uh, people coming to see you or even just coming to see a show. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do anything where someone would, where someone was going to see a show rather than something where someone was trying to get some other goal achieved and I was standing in the way of that. <laughs> I was basically an obstacle in sure. the night. Yeah. Um, so, so that was how I started really. Okay. <laughs> no, that's the... <laughs> I thought I did very well on that question earlier. No, in your eyes, you've got that bewildered look of a tiny sheep in headlights, and I'm like, "Oh, I lost him." <laughs> no, that was lovely. I just was surprised at how well you wrapped it oh, up. Oh, don't! You gonna go there now? Well, no, I'm just kidding. Well, so I, I completely see what you're saying as far as being an obstacle. Um, well, basically, you're a professional interrupter. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Let me change that. It's like, I don't trust you to have... The party host doesn't trust you to have a good time. Therefore, they've sent me along to ensure that you're having maximum enjoyment right now. It's kind of... Now, there are some people who are great at it. And like, like uh, you know, um, my friend Jeff Kayla is... You know, because to me, there were like performers who were natural show-offs and there were people who were more introverted, but just... You know they've chosen to perform for a living. I'm definitely in the second c- category, 
But there are people like Jeff who just like he wants to bring joy and sunshine to a room. You know, <laughs> now that's not me. But when Jeff does it, it's great. You know, people love it. Sure. People genuinely love it. And there are other people who want to like bring their ego to a room, mm-hmm. and that's not as attractive. Absolutely. You know, people are like, oh god, this guy again. Um. So, so I think like you. It's like one of the. You have to be careful with magic for that, and and especially in those gigs, it's it's more difficult to bring happiness and joy to a room, and it's much easier just to bring your ego, sure, and be like, I'm going to show off, and at the expense of everything else. So, and so that's why <laughs> that's why you had people your pay point, to come Elliot? see you. What's your point? <laughs> just saying well you're the introverted performer you're the person that wants people to come to you rather than yeah I don't mind I just I just want a context for what I do sure sure I just want like to be um, you know like for people to be facing the same way and listening that's really all I all I'm after and it's nicer when they come to see me but it's also great when they're just going to a club and in some in many ways it's a lot easier when they're just going to um you know, when they don't have any expectation and then you come out because then, you know, you've got a blank canvas. Sure. That's going to be a lovely place for a costume and a dog. Blank, blank canvas. canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can, like... It's it's so, like, absurd and unheard of for someone just in the regular world, like, for a man to come out on stage. Right, it is. But then it's so absurd to be there going, I am going to perform some magic tricks for you. <laughs> Think of any playing card. You know, well, actually, I'd rather have a sandwich. Can you make me a, just make up a sandwich out of nothing? No, 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 no. Just think of any... You know what? I've got some bills to pay. Could you just make some money right now? I'd love, no, no, no. Forget that. Just... You know what? I'm not feeling well. Could you make me feel bad? No, no. I can, I can do card tricks. All right? I can do some card tricks. And I've got this piece of rope here. I'll do some nice bits of that. You know, it's just ridiculous. So it's like the idea that you're a magic dragon is just a lot. For me, it's a lot richer. No, of course, absolutely. Then it's like, yeah, I'm a magic dragon. It's the like the other thing is like, uh, in magic, to me, the least interesting bit of my job is um, is the magic because um, we sort of have to do that, and um, you know, it takes a long time and it's a lot of dead ends and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, like, <clears throat> um, being on stage, like one of the Richer seems is like, oh, you know, maybe I'm depressed because I just had a big argument with my girlfriend that night. Mm-hmm. You know, that's much more human and people can relate to that as opposed to people can't really relate to the process of magic. Sure. You know, that's why when you tell them how a trick is done, they're disappointed. You know? So there's nothing really human to share about like the craft of magic other than the trick itself. Whereas... um you know like they can relate to being you know late for work or you know stuck in trouble whatever it is yeah you know any one of those universal experiences mm-hmm. um, is much easier to say than uh, other than oh you know what guys you know that thing where you just spend like 10,000 hours learning something and it goes wrong and you never use it in your act <laughs> you know they, they, they want the wonder they sort of want the wonder of magic preserved and intact so um, that character for me it's great because I can talk about that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, um, and just do the magic as almost a throwaway, even though the magic is strong magic. Sure. Um, because I'm a magic dragon, so yeah, of course I can do magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've done it all my life. I'm over it. Like, let's, you know, let's talk about something real. Are you single? <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah. Um, no, that's a beautiful. I yeah. I. I really feel like you're getting me at my least coherent. No, you're really giving me the juice. This is really. Yeah, this is awesome. I think that that's great. You and, say that anyway. Well, yeah, you're probably right. But <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I I love well, the idea. Let's just of... look. Let's just edit this down into a tight seven minutes, and we will be nailing it. <laughs> that cannot be done, and what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it to be. We can we can edit it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Unless you say something really absurd and terrible. Yeah. Well, give me time. Okay. <laughs> um, oh man, I had something and I lost it. Anyway, I'll look at the pad. Save my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at the pad and oh no, I was saying um, the the universal experiences thing. That is something that I yearn for when I see magic. Is but it's really difficult. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about the four aces and their acrobatic well, capabilities. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, right? We did, didn't we? Once we cared. And of the course. audience still does. You know? Mm-hmm. Which is how I explain some some performers who just do the magic mm-hmm. and sort of stand back. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, people are going crazy for it. And I'm sure. watching it going, why are people, why do people love it? Because I think people do love just that raw, sure. like, context-free meaningless magic you know like, it's like the porn of magic yeah the it's masturbation magic yeah right they're just like oh how did that happen I don't know <laughs> you know but I think too much same of that... thing that they say after watching porn right yeah, yeah. go ahead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, this, know this <laughs> took a dark turn um, whereas um, yeah so I think people like so there's a place for sure that, of course but, yeah. um, but I know what you mean that after you've seen a lot of that you start going well, it's just something that's got a bit more context and meaning and substance well, to it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's... You said the word, context. I mean, if you're... But it becomes very difficult to... Like, you know, Perintella, mm-hmm. like, um, they've got, you know, one of the greatest acts in history. Of course. And there are some bits which are very... Con- you know, they're, like, the context is embedded in the, in the speech and in what they're doing. And then there are other bits that are just visual poetry. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, well, how do you think... What's the difference between that and a four A trick? Like, objectively, on paper. Oh, okay. And it's like we all know that you know the difference mm-hmm. is that one of them makes you feel something, and yeah. the other one is. <laughs> <laughs> one, you know, like when Teller's doing the rose thing, you know, it's, like it's like working, it's like connecting to you on a human level, yeah, yeah. and for it's whatever dance, reason, right, you're yeah. you're empathizing and relating to it, and when somebody does four A trick. Like, at the beginning, maybe you're going, oh, my God, how did he do that? And then after you've seen a few of them, you're going, oh, yeah, okay, great. And especially if you start becoming a magician, mm-hmm. it's, you do want to shoot yourself in the face. <laughs> Whereas I've seen uh, Penn and Teller thousands, probably thousands of times, hundreds of times, and every time, you know, I, I love it, and I just want to, you know, like, Teller with the um, floating red ball, mm-hmm. or his miser's dream, you know, I would just happily watch that over and over again. Absolutely. It's well, but that's that comes from like, again, being really visually beautiful. I think more more than just the magical aspect of it. It's like fluid. It's like you said. It's visual poetry. Right. I mean, I think these days I try not to worry about explaining it. You know, trying mm-hmm. to explain it or get to the bottom of it. I just, you know, I love it and I try and create bits like that in. Um, you know, bits that can have a have an emotion, 
or mm-hmm. a feeling. And I, and I don't even like design them as like what I'm going to do now is make something that has a you know of course, I'm not yeah. interested in that. I'm just like oh, what would be the most interesting visual and you know if I'm using music or what would be the most interesting way to do this, um, which I've thought sure some people think it's hilarious because the people. I'm sure we must think, no, he just dressed up in, a, in his stupid <laughs> outfit and goes on stage and dicks around. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do try and think about what I do quite a lot. Wasn't, isn't that kind of, I mean, the magic of it? You know, thinking about what you're doing and, and really trying to make it great so that people will think he's going up stage and dicking around? Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends what I'm doing. So, but sometimes I am going on stage and dicking around. You know, it just depends what bit we're talking about. Sure, sure. Do you know what I mean? I, I sort of think there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love the idea about having a performance that isn't one note. You know, so you've got a performer who can be happy, sad, depressed, angry, lonely, all in one show. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like being able to... Um, because to me, that's also very real. You know, when you get depressed, you have to pick yourself back up again. Or or maybe you don't, you know. But, like, there's, like, at least, like, a cut. There's at least a journey to it in life. Yeah. Where, so you should have that same journey on stage. Why are you looking at that? <laughs> no, it's just, that was, again, another really good period at the end of the Right. Sentence. I felt like it ended that. You, you did. Like, it was great. Like a cat staring at a hamburger. Like, what, what do you want? No, I just, I was just, I wondered if there was going to be another... It was no, great. I love it. That was all the wisdom you got from me. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, so, okay, let's try and backtrack. Um, Edinburgh Fr- Fringe Festival. Yeah. Um, and then Mumford and Sons. Well, not quite that. It wasn't like Edinburgh <laughs> Festival. Festival. <laughs> no, no, no. Day I just... two, Mumford and Sons. <laughs> Day three, right? Uh, well, so you you toured with them. You opened for them. Yeah. How did that... Because I, I don't know what venues they were playing in, and I don't really know much about their tour. Um, so but we, what, we did... Well, I started working with them on their... Um, we did... Uh, so the first thing I did for them was a show in Huddersfield, which is a place in the UK. And... Um, it was an after-show party, so it was for like, it was in a comedy club, it was like maybe a couple of hundred people, and it's one of those gigs where everything went wrong, my music didn't work, my, like everything went wrong, Yeah. but then sometimes, and it happens rarely, like something about it all just like clubs together and suddenly like, you know, you just get this, like this, there's this energy in the room, and the, the act on before me um, had a difficult set, because, um, so the crowd were a bit edgy. And something about it just made it all work, and it was like one of the best gigs I've, I've ever done. It was a really great gig. So um, then they were like, then the next week I was supposed to be doing the same, mm-hmm. but their compere didn't show up for the main stage. So I went out and did magic tricks before each um, act, mm-hmm. before each band, and then brought on Mumford and Sons, and then and that worked really well. And then. Um, and then they were like, oh, let's go and tour properly together. How many people are in the audience? Um, I don't know. When I compared, it was like 20,000 or something. You know, it's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because you're just there going, does anything I say matter right now? <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was getting to. It's like, like, 
I have two hands. <laughs> oh my god. Do you like my funny says? So, um, yeah. There's a built in response to that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I had, a, I had a lot of fun and they paid some of my bills for a while, so it was great. Well, that's, that's all you can ask Sometimes for. Sometimes that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Well, so I guess getting to the cusp of why I asked about that is apart from the built in response, what is there to know and learn from performing for? 20, people. I don't know because and that was the tricky bit for me which is why I never really pursued it after that mm-hmm. was because um, and I say this without any brag whatsoever of course Half, when I did, when I did theatres we did a good job it went really well we did 30 minutes in like between uh, 1500 to 3000 seats and 30, so 25 minutes and that went well every night that mm-hmm. was like pretty good and I could see doing that over and over again I get even you know get more better and better with that when I did arenas half the nights it went great mm-hmm. like really great like some of the best gigs I've ever done and half of the nights it bombed and there was nothing in the middle <laughs> there was no grey area there was no time when it was going okay it was either bomb- bombing or killing and I didn't do anything different first night we like I was on the wrong stage and you know the cameras were you know, the first night there were things that you go, okay, well, we'll just change that. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously why it didn't work. But there were nights when I'd be like, no, I just did a, exactly the same as I did the other day, and it was just bombing. And I would come off stage, and like my Twitter would just be full of people who hated me. And I was like, what? And then other nights it would go great. So, so that's why I was like, oh, I'm not really into this. But, well, so okay, so that's. When you were doing theaters that you mentioned, were you opening for another act, or was that just you? No, I was doing opening a for Mumford and Sons. Oh, oh, so you're saying when you were doing theaters yeah, for Mumford and Sons? Yeah, they did. They did a theater tour and they did okay, an arena okay, tour. Okay. Arena? Yeah, arena tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then okay. theaters, it was fifteen hundred to three thousand people, and it was great every time. And it was great every time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then in the arenas, um, it was it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. So you know, and I just no, I'm also. I believe in once you've done something, then you should move on. Sure. And I definitely felt like I'm not going to do anything bigger than that with these guys. So. Yeah. Yeah, and they're great. they're great. They're oh yeah, sure. They're amazing live acting, just great people to work with, and um, really nice. So, yeah, always end on a high. Oh yeah. Get out, get out before it. You know, get out when, <laughs> get out early. Yeah. Get yeah. out early, end on a high. Yeah. You know, you see so many people like try and like hang on to something or not change and mm-hmm. so yeah yeah like one of the other rules I have is change or die change or die yeah which is brutal but it's true I found myself doing things that you know I found myself like trying to hang on to a gig or hang on to something and when it eventually ends that means you've got nowhere else to go whereas if you can try and you know be adapting and um, I mean there's a magician called Jeffrey Durham who um, once said to me that you know, he would he would go right in two years' time. I'm not going to be doing this anymore, and he would work to that deadline. And then when the deadline came, he would stop and he would start his new thing. And you know that. I mean, that's brave, but I think that's sort of what you have to do. Sure. Yeah. And you've done. Oh, body, my Piffles body. <laughs> Piffles is sitting next to me for the benefit of the listeners. He basically spends like 22 hours of sleep. How okay? So when I came into the room, 
he viciously attacked me. Right, well he does, yeah. Any yeah. any closed room that somebody enters, he will attack them. But on stage, he's on so stage, chill. On stage, he's amazing. If you walk around with him, he's great. Like, he, he does a meet and greet after every show, and he like, gets held by every single person in the audience. He's great. But if they set foot in his dressing room, he will, <laughs> he will try and rip their shins off. You know, no one's perfect. No, but it doesn't get much better than that, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> we're just we're both looking at Piffles. He's so majestic. He's such a like a handsome. I know. Handsome. Beast. And he's talking about people who've got it. He's really got it. Oh yeah. You know, I look at him and I go, "How do you? How do you have that much confidence?" You know, he really is just like yes. I am the shit. Life can be this delicious. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you should bow down and worship me. Yeah. Well, it says on your website that he's the star of the show. Right. He is. He is. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And, you know, I think, like, he's a nice, he's a nice counterbalance for me because I'm very deadpan and grumpy. (coughs) So it's nice that, you know, there's something people can enjoy <laughs> well, I know that that's like there's a kernel of truth in that though because you're like a grumpy yeah. magic dragon and then you have this adorable fluffy chihuahua right that just hangs out with you yeah and to me it's just funny that like people are like always talking to me and say, oh your dog's so cute oh let me show you pictures of mine and I'm like I don't care about your dog <laughs> don't show me pictures of your dog I don't care <laughs> and I think there's something really funny about being really grumpy with it when you own a cute dog. It is. It's it's one of the great joys of life is to yeah. see a grumpy person with a cute animal. Yeah, I mean, if I was, like, some super hot blonde girl with this, like, you know, cute little dog, people would be, like, vomiting on street corners. <laughs> Whereas because I'm, like, this, like, fun-sized grumpy prick <laughs> with a tiny dog, people are like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, like a young, old man. Right. Which yeah. is awesome. Like birdie. Yeah. <laughs> so you moved to Vegas. Are you an American citizen? No, I've got a green card. Good. Do you need to see it? No. American. And American. I was saying, good. You're not an American citizen. Keep your keep your hair. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially no. living in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Do you love it there? I love it. Yeah, and I, I love it in Vegas, and I love it in America, Germany. You know, we've been. It's, it's been nice to be touring around and see more of it. Mm. Um. I got really great friends out here, so yeah, I'm pretty happy out here. That's awesome. You did Nocturne at the Cosmo. Yeah, well, yeah, a show called Vegas Nocturne, which is part of a venue called Rosa at Lai, mm-hmm. um, which was sort of fun. It was sort of fun. It was sort of fun. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, got me over here, and um, they also get what? You, what do you want? Oh, want to eat? Piffles is on the lookout for something. Um, it got me over here and it paid my bills and it um, is he going to eat or shit <laughs> so oh fuck he's going to shit <laughs> he's gone behind the curtain I love that he went behind the curtain <laughs> he's genuinely such a shame that this is a podcast and not some okay, sort of... Okay, <laughs> Well. 
That just happened. <laughs> it looks like... <laughs> I'm opening a window. Oh, he's still going. <laughs> no, not there. No, behind the curtain again. <laughs> he looks <laughs> He looks so embarrassed at the same time. Yes. Don't look. <laughs> You're going to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Have some decency, Pibbles. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, man. That happened on stage the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Got huge laughs, of course. People didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was saying, well, somebody's not feeling well. You done, Pibbles? Thanks for that. <laughs> Oh, he's going to bed now. <laughs> he's exhausted after that. Yeah. <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> Does Piffles have an accent? Uh, I don't know. He has many different accents that change of my mood. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, well, now I get to do the fun bit of show business and pick up Piffles' shit. <laughs> This is all staying in, by the way. Because this is gold. Yeah, I know, I can see by the look in your face. <laughs> well, this is literally that, um, you know, the that famous joke about show business with the elephant. Circus. No, I don't know it. Circus comes to town. It's like parading through. There's a guy at the back of the line just shoveling the elephant shit. And somebody says to him, why are you doing this? You know, you could get, you could just get a job, like selling hot dogs. Mm-hmm. That'd be nicer than this. And the guy turns around and says, "What? And get out of show business?" <laughs> so, I'm literally now going to clean up my tiny dogs' <laughs> productions. <laughs> productions. What? Oh, this is horrible. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, should have periscoped this. You should have periscoped this. <laughs> well, the thing is, the site what is doesn't. The thing, Elliot. What is the thing? <laughs> I would have periscoped it, except that the site that this is for doesn't exist yet. It's still secret. Right. So. What is the site? The site is called Art of Magic. He's tweeting right now. What everything? <laughs> it's called what? It's called Art of Magic, and it's. Um, is that not a site? What's their work? Oh, Art of Play. Art of Play, yeah. So it's a like a sister site. And the site is uh, going to be all the magic stuff that's on Dan and Dave. <laughs> yeah. I'm going in. <laughs> it's going in with toilet paper now. Yeah, As opposed to cleaning. It's a commitment. And it's just going gonna, gonna to have all the magic stuff that's on Dan and Dave. And then right. Dan and Dave is going to be exclusively lifestyle stuff. Really? Yeah. Man, they are clever. I think they're... they're you know what I really like about Dan and Dave? What's that? I'm not sure if it should be... No, it's fine. Maybe this could be... Maybe this could wait until I stop cleaning up <laughs> a tiny chihuahua diarrhea from my carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Bibbles is looking so smug too. <laughs> no, no, he loves it. He's so happy right now. <laughs> Thanks, Bibbles. 
<laughs> oh, this is the best. <laughs> this could not, good. This could not be going better. <laughs> you get pretty happy when I saw you in it. I had a good piss, yeah. You know, it was good for, it was alright for like 10 minutes, but then, Mr. Pimples <laughs> shot everywhere. <laughs> and then I just spent the next 25 minutes watching a professional performer clean up Chihuahua diarrhea. <laughs> Just when he finished, Mr. Pibbles stood up and went for a second round. Not behind the curtain. <laughs> Not behind the curtain. Oh, man. <laughs> How are we doing? Almost there? No. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> it's like it's like each turd gets its own trip to the bathroom. Hey, listen, if you've got a fucking criticism of this, then you can get down on your hands and knees and show me a better way than this. this no, is I love it. it. Of course. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of I don't want to be dwelling there <laughs> picking them up behind the curtain yeah I would rather just like you know get in and out quickly sure makes perfect sense there's no criticism I'm just narrating for uh for the benefit of the listeners <laughs> what do I say I think one, one or two more trips <laughs> The worst part of this is I listen to podcasts like when I'm driving or yeah. This is like going to be ten minutes of somebody's day listening <laughs> to me picking up dog shit. It's going to be their favorite ten minutes of the podcast. Ow! <laughs> no, no, come on in, honey. Hmm. Pitbull's just Pitbull's just uh, released himself. Have we got any Febreze? At the club in your com- in your oh, magic you dragon skin. Do you have a do you have an air freshener? I'll handle it. <laughs> no, I mean I keep it all up. Well isn't this fun on podcast? It is. He was just saying this is gonna be ten minutes of somebody's day. But and I said everywhere. It I would, don't even smell it. It would be their favorite ten minutes. Oh, it's good, you're alright. No, no, honey, this is not the problem. <laughs> Was it diarrhea? Yeah. It's because everyone in the audience keeps feeding me french fries. Amen. Dear fans, please don't feed piffles. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Mm, that soap is delicious. <laughs> Where were we? Well, you said that you know what I like about Dan and Dave. When, when, when you saying, what was the best things about your job? Is that what we were talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the, the best thing about owning part. a chihuahua? <laughs> so, I was just going to say that I think they're very 
they've been great because they've always done what they wanted to do rather than you know this is the way that you should earn a living from magic and they've sort of gone out there and pioneered um, you know they've sort of made made a career the way they wanted to mm-hmm. so um, so and I love doing magic con I, I think they're you know I think they're really great for magic those guys I think you're really great for magic thanks Elliot <laughs> I'm not sure how much you mean that. I mean it 100%, and I and I could say the same thing that you said about Dan and Dave, is that you're really opening up something for other people as far as magic, no, dragon, no, performing. No, is right, concerned. no, no, I've already had a Russian do this. I was just, I just did a news show, and they trailed me by showing that Russian. Oh, really? And I was like, that's the other guy. <laughs> that's not me. That's... That's the guy who ripped off my act. Stop showing that video. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether anyone does a talent show in a stupid outfit. Yeah. With a skill. And a small dog. And a tiny dog. And a small animal. <laughs> yeah. Are you worried about that? No. You would, well, I, I don't mean like as far as work is concerned, but I just meant, what, does that bother you? That kind of like blatant... Mm, no, because most of the time it's funny. You know, there's a way to make it funny. Sure. Like that Russian guy who made that video, which is pretty, you know, it's a pretty funny video. So, you know, it only bothers me when there's no way to, you know, make it funny or to reference it. And it's kind of something genius about it as well. <laughs> you know, you can't really ask for much better publicity than that stuff. That's true. It is well. That's the that's the old saying. Imitation is the purest form of flattery. Well, no, the old saying is imitation is the sincerest form of theft. That's really. People <laughs> <laughs> said it to me like no. And then someone took it and changed it. Right, and then someone they stole, stole it. like an artist. Yeah, yeah. I always, I, I mean, I think that first of all, it's ethically wrong to steal, like material, but more importantly, it's pointless because you're never going to get. You're never going to get the same reaction the originator got, and you're just like, wasting time. So, no, I think you're absolutely right, and so you I might think as well that forge that's... your own thing. Oh look, I've got my piff treasure. <laughs> I got a little bag of piff treasure. What? What's in there? Piff treasure. Piff look. treasure. Can I? <clears throat> oh, this is uh, this is one of the perks of the deck, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Of course. Sure. When did the cards come out? This January, is, I think. Okay, well, this will be launching about the same time, so yeah. maybe you can... Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're taking a while because, um, uh, like, you know what? I made this up when I was hanging out with Dan and Dave after Magicon, I guess, um, but I made this little Harbin stand out of a playing card, mm-hmm. and um, I used to sort of, when I would get bored on tour, I would make them, and I would make them as presents for people. Um, so... We did it. We got a deck of cards, and one of the cards is that. And um, you know, the cards like are custom designed. Every, mm-hmm. You know, every 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 card's designed, and um, it's just something I wanted to do for ages. So, and then we, we did it through Kickstarter, so that paid for it all. So um, they come out soon. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. I saw Chris has shown me <clears throat> some of the the artwork, and I'm. Really, it's cool. Really it's really you cool. Find it difficult to contain your emotion. What? No. <laughs> no, it's so it's really cool. I'm excited about the table card. I'm excited about the. Did the perk make it with the the sandwich? The sandwich card. Sandwich cards are in there. That's the best thing in the world. 
And uh, the best thing for me is that not only can you do a sandwich effect, but with the... Because we also added ham and cheese, mm-hmm. so now you can do collectors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You gotta... You have to post, like, a, a video I know, I will. That'll be the best thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I laughed like a small girl when I saw the sandwich cards. When he was right. like, we also made sandwich cards. And I was like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure... In fact, I know they are double face cards. They are, yeah. So you can use them with any deck. <laughs> you don't have to use them with a piff deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's you awesome. should just sell them on their own as individual things. That's but I try not to sell any magic products anymore. Because I did, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. I, like, released my card change trick and then like a DVD of like eight or nine things mm-hmm. um, from when I was doing Close to Magic which I'm glad I did because um, I don't do that stuff anymore Sure. so I'm glad that I sort of got it out there when I was more used to performing it but like um, I don't really see magic products now is that because <clears throat> excuse me is that because of your notoriety and how no, easily people could find it or I just or? don't like the idea of people doing my Okay. You know, it's as simple as that. Like, sure. I just think, yeah, I just like, I like creating stuff for, to perform and, sure. and I don't like when people are ruining my material. You know, if anyone's going to do that, it should be me. <laughs> You're the only person to ruin right. this material. I'm the only one who should be allowed to poorly perform and execute <laughs> barely thought out ideas. <laughs> In front of hundreds of people. In front of hundreds of people. <laughs> But you get away with it because you're a costume. <laughs> right. And that is the danger of the costume as well. Never how many it. How many do you own? I'm sure you've been oh, asked that. I don't know. Five. Five? Yeah. Do you have like a formal evening wear costume? And then no. Like a, you don't? That should be a thing. No. Just like nicer fabrics. It's like tailored. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I've got... I mean, I've only got one good one at the moment. Oh, really? Somebody's making two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm excited about getting two new ones. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend's also excited about that. What's the... <laughs> and at the moment, I, I, was, I was on stage last night. I was like, this is not pleasant to be around. I Febreze it and wash it. <laughs> yeah. Last night, I was like, oof, this is pretty... Sure, the meet and greet is fun for the fans. <laughs> right. Is that... Did Mr. Piffle's diarrhea on me, or what is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's just my natural smell. <laughs> uh, but you could blame it on him if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... I think that's really cool. Did you... I this. I don't know if I'm the only person that cares about this, but I certainly care about it. Did you make your first costume by yourself, or no. how did you... I'm not very good at making anything. Well, though, you're doing a good job over there on that table. That's gimmicks. I can make... There's no creative input here. <laughs> this is manual labor. <laughs> okay. Like, Mr. Pivot should be doing this. <laughs> um, no, like, I sort of helped design them a bit, but I didn't make them. My friend, the first couple were made by this girl who works for a drama school in London. And then um, my friend stepped in and was like, all right, do you want me to... My friend's a designer, and he was like, do you want me to actually do this properly? And I said, yeah. And he made this amazing... You know, that really tweaked it and really, like, really made it work. And then he gave it to me, and it was, like, perfectly fitted, really well tailored, really well made. And it definitely changed my char- the, that character. 
Yeah. But before, I was like, it was like really like didn't really fit, and it was super like shitty, and it was so so it was really one note. Yeah. And then when I got that outfit, and I like really felt like I had swagger in it, <laughs> then um, it definitely like changed my character, my performing. Character. Is that when the sound effects came in and the kind of? I don't remember when the sound effects came in. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I remember like coming out of the that line vanish. Yeah, which is early on, but I don't remember the sound effects. They sort of just crept in over time. I uh, yeah, I would I would pay a lot of money to see the first time you did that and got like a really funny reaction from it. And just any of your little sound effects. I, w- I wonder whether that came from when I was doing close up magic. Yeah, I'm not even sure that came from me doing piff. Yeah. Um, what was funny was the more I did piff then the more when I would do close up magic I could sort of like you know that persona was a lot more like watchable like now like, occasionally I'll, I'll do you know I'll do a talk and I'll have to do some magic at the end of it as myself mm-hmm. and um, you know the, it's a lot funnier as a performance it's a lot stronger but um, it, it, like, it, does, it just doesn't compare to the branding mm-hmm. that I have with Piff, so that's why I still sure. do that dragon thing. Yeah, yeah. So you know, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a question Uh-oh. that Dan wanted me to ask you. What did Dan want? <laughs> <laughs> Dan wanted to know if you feel like do you still love being Piff, or do you feel trapped by the character? No, I still love it. Yeah, I mean, I would always just stop something I didn't enjoy. Sure, um, but I still love it, and I still there's like loads of things to um, there's still loads of things that I want to do with it and explore with it and all that sort of stuff there are some times when like we did some shows uh, a few weeks ago and I thought they sort of sold them they sold them to a much more kiddie market Mm -hmm. and it was really full of a lot of families and and I didn't really enjoy that I was like this isn't really where where I want to go with this character but um, but generally I love it and um, uh, most days you know, like ninety nine times out of a hundred, I'm having like the greatest day ever. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. That's awesome. I I was <laughs> I was a little wary about asking you that honestly because I didn't know what the answer was going to be. I mean, not just now, but I meant when he told me to ask it. I was right. like, uh, I don't know, because he was like, he compared it to Teller, you know, having the character of yeah. Teller. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, he he he's curious to know if Teller's like so tired of being that person and I, no, no, I, I mean, doesn't, that's a question for Teller but yeah 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 no and I'm not asking it to yeah. you I've just I, it, it, that was the comparison that he made as far as like uh, how how much you and Piff differ if you do even though you said earlier on that it's yeah just I mean obviously like it's a it's a sort of like it's an unfiltered version of myself but you know it's good to have filters so sure you know otherwise society would not do so well <laughs> Um, but it's nice that you get to let the pressure off that valve every yeah, time. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, I like, you know, it's really, I love being able to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, I love being able to perform material that I've created. And um, there are some of my, my favorite things I've ever come up with are in that show. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I perform them, it's like I'm having, you know, a great time on stage. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean... You know, I look ahead and I go, well, okay, do I want to be doing this in ten years, in five years, in two years? And, you know, at the moment, two years, yes. 
five years probably ten years who knows you know but um, sure. and you know we'll just see like we'll just see what happens and we're trying to develop um, a TV a TV show which I think is the next natural step because the touring's going great so yeah um, yeah and then we'll do you know we've got a show in Vegas now mm-hmm. um, and we're constantly developing new material for that so the idea is the show in Vegas is different from uh, any from the touring show yeah. and um, yeah you know I, I like I like creating magic and I like um, and, I, and I, I think that character is there's a, there's a, it's a rich scene to mine you know sure I've never run out of ideas yet well yeah so as you're creating for Piff I, you know like you said you haven't run out of ideas what what inspires you for that character as far as magic is concerned um, I mean like yeah I say I haven't run out of ideas but also it's really difficult create. I mean but it will be difficult creating material for myself sure you know um, I guess it has a, it's got a very narrow um, you know I have a very narrow uh, range of magic tricks that I want to do as if it has to be interesting to me it has to be funny like the concept has to be really strong and unique you know, preferably it has to be something that nobody else could really do, or um, so um, you know, it just has to be like feel very unique when I mm-hmm. when I do it. So um, I just put in this new thing with where I'm toasting the bread, and then so I'm like trying to pass off that um, you know, trying to pass off that I'm like toasting the bread using my natural dragon fire, and I'm using a toaster. Yeah. You know, I was at a club the other day, and somebody was like, uh, "Somebody was like, you're not really doing that." <laughs> when I'm like, <laughs> you like, a toaster." <laughs> so yeah, welcome to irony. Um, and then, and then, you know, the car comes out, and whatever car they name is like, I bite it out of the car like a filling of a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's like a that's a um, that would be like a trick. I would say is like I'm happy with that trick, and um, but those don't you know those don't really grow on trees I don't really like doing any other tricks that other magicians have done mm-hmm. you know like I try and like customise and make something unique I can't really think of anything that I do that's pretty standard um although I'm sure magicians would disagree <laughs> um oh I guess I do the sponge bunny rabbits which is pretty off the shelf yeah but you know I've got like a lot of lines and that that unique yeah, that's the yeah the whole idea is for anybody. I think is just yeah yeah. I think it, make it, it your own. Make it your own, and, and you know it's difficult to buy something and perform it without changing it, and make it your own. It sort of yeah. goes to go against each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was, I grew up, and one of my strongest magical influences was John Archer, and he was always about how important it is to be original. Mm-hmm. It's like the most important thing, and um, so that was really kind of got drilled into me when I was a kid. Um, and then, you know, these days, knowing and working with Penn and Teller, then to see how to see how important it is for them to be original, but also um, to start from the concept concept first. You know, to, so like I mean, like there were a couple of ideas I'm kicking around at the moment. But really, they're like, oh, I'd like to do a trick about whatever subject, you know, or I'd like to have a moment where this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're so abstract at the beginning, 
like at the moment I'm working something in oh god this is going to sound horrific <laughs> I don't even have to say this one no come on but um, I had this idea that like that Stephen Hawking voice is really funny with Mr. Piffles <laughs> you know just that robot voice is hilarious with Piffles <laughs> and I don't think I've like at the moment I'm doing it as a bit about Siri so mm-hmm. I've got a little tinfoil hat that I put on his head with an iPhone cable that goes into my phone and I use like my phone to talk to Piffles and um, but I mean it's <laughs> funny but like it's not quite I think there's something funnier in it sure. and we've made this little hat as well that has a Bluetooth speaker on it with a little aerial which is a different thing and we put that on him and then he's, and then the voice comes out of the speaker which is I think that's funny as well but I don't know I saw I'm not sure but you know what I mean like there, there's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a funny concept yeah. to me not yeah, yeah. saying it's funny no, but it's to funny. me it's a funny concept <laughs> and then like eventually like it'll yeah. turn into it'll go through loads and loads of iterations and it'll turn into of course um, this, this bit polished we're not bit. saying polished well I mean but polished yeah. as far as Piff goes <laughs> right well no there are bits that I do that are polished you don't think you'll polish the <laughs> some bits don't make it you know some bits they like there are definitely things I've done that just never got there yeah you know? Is it, did you just you didn't you stopped enjoying it or you didn't see that there was a goal that you could reach or just ne- never really never worked clicked. yeah there are some bits I go that are like polished routines mm-hmm. like when I we do I do card in dog food that's like a polished routine sure. it's got a good strong start middle and finish um, the magic's pretty good like it's pretty straight line there's you know it's very tight um, I'm not saying it can't be improved but it's like a, I think it's a good polished routine then there's silent bits I do that are really nice and polished like that the card changes sure. like polished routine and then there's other stuff like where like we still we're doing a straight jacket routine at the moment where we put him in a straight jacket and we just put a tiny dog in a straight jacket on stage and then make him escape from it and it's like we're still finding like the I think we're still finding that one yeah but yeah and we're working hard on it but it's like still trying to find it and it's interesting to be in a place where you're um, you know that like just some routines click easier than others yeah I'm just trying to imagine him escaping from his I can't even it's pretty brutal Oh man! <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I first started doing that, half the audience just walked out. Oh really? Yeah, I did it like you three years ago, and they were just like, "Nope, that's too much." <laughs> so do you have to kind of preamble into that so that people don't walk the room? <laughs> um, yeah, we sort of do it as a. It's like a na- that one is like a narrow line because, um, like to me, the funny thing about that is if Piffles wants to go in a straight jacket. And then the audience demand to see it. And when it happens, like, and me trying to talk them out of it, then when it happens, and it's horrific, then it's like, look, this is, you guys wanted to see I it. I told you this. I happen- told you it was bad. Yeah. Don't, like, but you guys wanted to see it, so now we get, come on, get in a straight jacket. Um, and we play that, that, uh, what's that track called? The, the one from the dog shelter, right, but... Oh, God. No. Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Is it called Angels or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh. We play that while we're putting him into a straight jacket. <laughs> so, it's pretty brutal. Are you doing that tonight? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. 
so you know there was just some routines that come together I mean like like we, uh, I do this trip where there were four boxes and he's in one of the boxes yeah and then the other four, three boxes get smashed horribly mangled mm-hmm. horribly mangled yeah now that yeah. came together pretty quickly that routine yeah. sure um, initially mm-hmm. and then like when I did it on America's Top 10 I had to change a lot of it um, but the initial routine which was like a version of deal or no deal yeah. it's called dog or no dog they came together pretty quickly and there were a number of other routines that had just been kicking around for two years you know and just take age and I, I didn't really know that's just a secret to mm-hmm. you know that's the mystery about making a material and that would be much nicer if there was a process to it yeah um, and then occasionally I'll see something and I'll, I'll you know see a routine I go well if I change a lot of that then I could you know there'll be like one element in it that I like sure so I'm working on the Chinese sticks at the moment okay I think there's something in that for me. How many people are helping you create and, and form your... Not many. You know, like... Handful of close friends or... Yeah, yeah. people I talk to, like mm-hmm. friends, I'd like, you know, they'll come to a show, I'll talk, talk to them about a routine maybe or... I'll, um, Yeah, but usually it's just, I'm just sort of kicking around an idea for a while. Um, But I have thought about just bringing in like friends for a week and just, you know... Jamming like, it out. Yeah, sitting around just writing it for a week. It's very, like, until you get it in front of an audience, it's difficult to tell what state it's in. Sure. You know, a lot of the times you've, I've definitely done stuff that I'm like, this is killer, this is going to be great, and it's just bombed. And there are other things I've done that, um, that, uh, I didn't think were very good, and the audience loved it for some reason. And then I've sort of, like, managed to work on it and get it to a nice state. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I once did a show, I did an hour of new material, and the only thing that worked in it was uh, when he was doing the moonwalk. That was like, that was a killer bit, and the rest of it was trash. <laughs> Just trash. So, oh man, so what do you, what do you learn in situations like that? I mean, yeah, every audience is different, but what are some of the key... I definitely think you learn, but I think... Principles. But I think there's something about going through it that it's like that Thomas Edison thing, you know, the light bulb. Yeah. It's like, you know, well now he can teach you how to make a light bulb in one step. Mm-hmm. But the things he learned from all those failures, you know, means that he can now invent the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So like I could tell you, like, oh well, you know, this is the lesson I learned from that. But actually, because I went through it, then I know how to create material better, quicker, and all Sorry. that stuff. You're gonna sneeze. You can sneeze. <laughs> well, now we've now we expect now we're primed. <laughs> I'm gonna get snacks for the mini <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. So I didn't know that helpful. Is that helpful? Yeah. Um, so I guess I was just asking more specifically, like the lessons that Edison could teach you. What are some of the oh, things? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, fuck you! <laughs> That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's such a unique thing, yeah, yeah, it's such yeah. a personal thing sure. that like you have to go on that journey. Of course. Do you know what I mean? He could teach me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now this is, I mean, this is a illustration. So yeah. the I mean, analogy is the analogy is going to break down at some point. <laughs> but yeah, he could teach you how to make a light bulb, right? Sure. Because yeah. he worked out how to do it. Yeah. Right. But all of the journey to get there is what. Is what you miss out on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you copy material, yeah. or you just, you know, buy a trick, you miss out on the journey to get there. You're not gaining any of the background info. Right. So, 
you know, and often like I see people perform tricks, or I even do this. I I have a trick, and because I haven't questioned it every step of the way, you know, I'll be like, why am I doing that? Yeah. Um, just on that America's Got Talent thing, um, there was one of the, that trick with the boxes. Mm-hmm. On the last one, I used to I switch it over, so I say this time I want you to tell me where the dog is. Now I don't know why I do that, mm-hmm. but I just been performing like that for two years, and after the show, I was like. Well, that doesn't help the audience. You know, it's like a, it's like a tangent. It's like a step of confusion. Yeah. And I was like, why do I... And I guess there was a reason years ago. Um, I don't think it was to do the method. I can't remember. But that's just a case of me, like, I, I'd forgotten to question every step. And so I had this element of confusion in there. And then once I performed it, because we redid the method for that trick. Yeah. And now it looks a lot cleaner than it ever did before. Now I look at it and go, well, what would be really nice for that is I've had a little bag with four ping pong balls in, you know, numbered with the boxes. And then so he reaches in and just takes them. And now it's a game of chance mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking that somebody stooged it or you've, you know. Sure. And, um, or that somebody's actively trying to murder a dog. <laughs> or they're trying to murder a dog. Or that, it, you know, like if, if I have, a, if I have an, a bag with ping pong balls in it, then there's another chance for a method there. Mm-hmm. So it's like more... That was for me to go pay the meter. But oh, anyway, right. go ahead. You know, there were like more layers to... You know, it's more. It's like one step extra to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, is it this or is it that? And, and, but equally, it doesn't confuse the narrative of the trick. Sure. So, yeah. Does that help? Yeah, no, 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 of course. Yeah, I mean, that trick is like... Like I'd say, like, we did a version of that that came yeah. together well... But then trying to like tweet that and improve it is like years, mm-hmm. you know. And I can see me like um, continuing to like you know play around with that trick for a long time. Sure. I mean, even like how you hang the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was like three months. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, like originally it was like um, it was like a rope uh-huh. that went from a stage weight on the floor up over a fly bar and then clipped on. And then, um, and then we just cut them. And then to reset that quicker, we had little carabiners in there, so you drop it. But it wasn't as, that drop wasn't that funny. It was like it would drop down, and then because as the carabiner would spin over the top, it would slow down at the impact. Mm-hmm. So um, my friend does an act with um, sandbags, which are attached with solenoids. Um, and so I saw that, and he had this great thing where the solenoid was powered and you heard them and you went click and then the sandbag hit so it was like a one-two sound so um, then we started doing using solenoids for it and then we were um, making like a gaffer tape okay. loop mm-hmm. on the box but occasionally like that would break off during the show so um, now we do like two chords that are just like crossed over mm-hmm. and then the solenoid goes through the loops you know, and they hold it nice and still. So I may we'll come up with a bet method, but like, I mean, that's like three months work. Sure. Just to how you hang boxes, mm-hmm. and that's the stuff that that is that's not interesting to an audience. <laughs> you want to get behind magic? Like that is not interesting. Yeah. That's why they want to hear about you know, like, are you single? You know, like, do you have a job? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you broke right now? Yeah. You know, they don't want to hear like about how you worked on how to hang a box for three months. So. I did a lecture to magicians once and I went through my card in dog food trick because I spent a long time on that trick 
and especially on the gimmick and they were just bored and I was like I'm telling you how to really really make like like how to, this, this is like the real work on magic <laughs> right now and you guys don't care like have you read Mike Caveney's book no but it, I want to oh so God. badly it's the best thing Mike Caveney and Jeffrey Durham wrote book as well those two books like these are like performers who have like created a routine not for like penguin videos or Murphy's but whatever you know not for like oh this is a nice little street magic video you can do if you get everyone in the right place this is like it's a routine that works on any circumstance in any club you can earn a living off this routine like you can do this like over and over again to the same audience they're not going to have a clue you know and that's like the interesting side of magic to me absolutely yeah so that's like where the where the real work is the blood sweat and tears right and that you can just tell those methods like Kevin's book like his methods are incredible they're incredible and like you know like his Berlin cigar is ridiculous and you could, it's like practical it's deceptive so um, that's where like that's where you spend three months working out how to hang a box that's awesome. Yeah, I that I love that kind of stuff. That attention to details. Yeah, that's the interesting bit to me Terribly because important. then what that does is it tightens all your stuff on stage. So it's like reducing the joke from ten words to five words. Right, it's the same thing, and it takes a long time to reduce the joke from ten words to five words. Yeah, you know. So and it also takes a long time to do the visual aspects of that or the prop management and stuff of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, magic is like a lot of basically just prop management. Sure. So or like you know that sort of like stand-up magic that sort of pile of magic that I do is a lot about prop management so yeah yeah can I go feed the meter yeah <laughs> just bother um does that bother you when people do an English accent um no it's pretty funny but they all do the same accent <laughs> do they yeah. do they do alright like mate alright mate How's they do going, like mate? A, right, mate? a Cockney Russell Brand thing yeah it's just terrible <laughs> yeah I'm just like what are you doing does that so just your natural speaking accent is that what you have when you were growing up in London or is it yeah have you okay <laughs> I just didn't know if you had changed it since you're touring and performing everywhere no not really I try and make myself like reasonably easy to understand but that's the way it... okay <laughs> you're like wow good job I'm just curious about that kind of stuff you know all that showbiz <laughs> yeah, I'm not really. I'm quite anti showbiz. So I like doing that job, but I don't like. You mean cleaning up his shit? That's the showbiz job you yeah, like doing? I like that <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do people. It, okay, does it bother you the assumptions that people have about Piff? I don't know what I don't know what the assumptions are. Go go for it. This is this is a way to make this awkward. <laughs> Let, let's hear the assumptions people have about Piff. Well, that you're like a kids magician or something. Um, Does that bother you to just go? It comes with the costume. It comes with a costume. It doesn't impact my work or career. So you know, and we just find ways to get around it. Like we had, a, I had a photo of me with a gun to the dog's head. <laughs> you know, not for not for children's parties. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't I, that be weird though? <laughs> if a parent was like, "I saw that picture with the gun." Can right. you do my kids? Can you do my kids' party? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had a we have a thing as well where it's like kidnapping princesses, tick, practicing card tricks, tick, children's parties, and a big cross. 
So we're pretty nice. I mean, it's on like it's pretty prominent. Oh yeah, it says on every page yeah. of your website. Yeah. 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 So, so no, and I don't mind about that assumption. Okay. Any others? No. No. <laughs> I didn't have assumptions about Piff. Right. I just I saw a man in a costume and was like, I want to be friends with that guy. <laughs> we were in a hotel in San Diego and he's wearing a dragon costume. Yeah. What uh what are fan interactions like after shows? Uh sometimes they're weird. Most yeah. of the time they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there was a guy yesterday. People come up to me the thing that like kind of kind of annoys me I'm going to be honest it kind okay. of annoys me sure people come up to me and they're like oh hey John <laughs> and it's not like they're you know they're not like oh hi John how's it going they're like hey John sure. like they want me to know that I know that they know that I know and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> and they're like how's it going John sure. great show John and I'm like yeah okay great you know my real name what do you want <laughs> and usually it's magicians who do that. Oh, yeah. You know, I heard Tommy Wonder do a lecture. You know Tommy Wonder is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just because I'm young doesn't mean I'm stupid. Right, so Tommy Wonder's like the genius. Oh, you know, yeah. He's great. Of but um, I had him do a lecture, and he said magicians are one of the only types of performers who um, they sort of don't believe in a hierarchy. You know, like, somebody who does, um, you know, who earns a living doing hack magic or close-up magic assumes that they're on the same level as somebody who is not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to word this politely. And I'm not <laughs> sure I'm making a good Say job whatever you want. But I just... And I think that's the thing that a lot of people, um, a lot of magicians, when they talk to you, they talk to you... Um, assuming a certain level. Yeah, sure. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're not buddies. We're not equals. Yeah, I don't yeah. know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not buddies. Sure. You do a different job than I do. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, it's just weird. It is weird. People kind of assume this, like, uh, we're brothers because we both do magic. It's like we're not right. necessarily. I mean, like, if you were, if I was in a place I didn't know anybody. And you were doing magic, I'd be like, okay. Let's, I'm gonna... See, I wouldn't. You wouldn't really? No, okay. I wouldn't. Who would you seek out if you were... Um, probably nice people. Nice Funny, people. nice people. Now, that person who's doing magic <laughs> might be a nice person. Yeah. But I'm not going to bond with them over the magic. Sure. I'm going to bond with them over... You know, like yesterday there was uh, the guy working at the club. We were going around doing press and he was a really fun guy. Mm-hmm. And like we bonded over like, you know, funny things that happened and all sure. that stuff. Now... If he'd have been doing magic, that wouldn't be the thing that we bonded about. It no, would of be course. about you of know, course. It would be the same sure. thing. So it also so it's the same for um people and I just think like there's this weird sort of like oh well, I do magic, therefore you will be my friend. Do you think that's because like it's a it's a secretive hobby and so it's like, Oh well I know all the secrets too, we can be we can bond over that. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. You know, and I'm also like you know, probably it's my antisocial aspect of my personality. Sure. You know, so it's probably not exactly... I mean, like, I'm sure there are people who love it. You know, people are like, yeah, it's great. Like, everyone's really friendly to me and wants to be... Wants to hang out. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know these people. What do they want from me? 
John. <laughs> John. Yeah. Yeah, people always say, should I call you Piff or John? I'm like, I don't care. Just whatever you want to call me. As long as you don't do it with that weird wink. <laughs> hey, I know you're not really a magic dragon. Yeah, well done, dickhead. Says everyone in the audience. <laughs> you did it. You figured out what none of us were trying to prove. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. 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 So, um, so I think there's something weird about... Um, weird about that. <laughs> in terms of fan interactions, so then there were, and then there were also a few, um, a few people who take it a little bit too seriously. Oh really? Yeah, and sort of trying to have my babies and. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's a bit weird. So it is a bit weird. I You're a dragon. Poli- <laughs> I try and be polite to everyone. Of so course. if there's somebody, you know, who's like, oh, well, once he was a massive prick to me, then I did try and be polite. <laughs> I genuinely try. I genuinely yeah, try and be course. polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't always succeed, but I do genuinely try. But yeah, there was a guy yesterday who got... Because he, he did that, oh, how's it going, Jan? <laughs> and I was like, oh, here we go. And then he got all upset because I rolled my eyes at him. He was like, hey, don't be a dickhead about this. And I was like, well, you started it. <laughs> and then it's a downward slope. <laughs> oh, then it's like... Because then I'm not going to go... I'm not going to backpedal. Once, once it's gone down that... Somebody, somebody came to a, um, somebody came to a show the other day, and they brought me a magic trick. Yeah. And um, they were trying to find out, like, they were trying to find a mutual friend to like so that they could come and hang out with me. Sure. And um, I like, we were super busy on the road, and we didn't really have time to do any of that stuff. But you know, I said, look, come, come, and you can hang out and say hi, and you know, we'll be packing up so you can hang out there and. Um, you know, but I'm too busy, but, you know, at least there's that time if you want it. So he came, and he came to the show, and he gave me a trick, and um, I was like, well, how does it work? And he was like, oh, you know, you know. And I said, no, no, just tell me, how, you know, do it. So he did it, and I was like, oh, that's really nice. I was like, yes, how does it work? And he's like, oh, well, you know, you have to go online and watch this thing. And I was like, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, and sort of left. And then on Facebook, he wrote, oh, yeah, I met him. Um, I gave him this trick, and he said that he was never going to go online and watch instructions. And somebody wrote, it was definitely him then. <laughs> <laughs> somebody was like, yep, that's the guy. <laughs> we know you're not getting around. Right. Yep, you met him. Oh, wow. That's so funny. Who was it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was a very nice guy. And I was just busy. Of but also, I'm not going to No, down. of course. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. No interest. You know, I'm very interested in the magic tricks I want to perform. Mm-hmm. And outside that, I'm not very interested. But I love watching really great magic. That bit has to be really good. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know? Well, like, yeah, like your, like your heroes. Right. Like yeah. Penn and Teller are great. Copperfields and me. I love... Anytime I can go and see that show, I'll go and see that show. Matt King. Um, and then, you know, like, occasionally you get, like, this... Like, who was the guy who won FISM a couple of years ago? Yuho Jin. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, now that breaks down everything I would say you should do in magic. You know, that has got... He, like, takes himself ridiculously seriously. You know, um, it, there's no context or any of that, or blah, 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 and it's the greatest thing I've seen. You know, yeah. I love it. And it's, like, it, it's definitely poetic and all that. Sure. You know, and I... And I and I could argue and pick apart that routine, yeah. but I would not be right, 
you know? Yeah, well, it's like someone puts so much time and energy and devotion. Right, and I think maybe it. that's what I'm relating to. Yeah, I think it's so. Like, a, like, when I see that routine, I, I have a, you know, a human reaction to it. Yeah. Whereas when I see other, like, manipulators and even, like, career manipulators, I'm like, oh, Snorfest. Yeah, it's one of you those know? things. It's like, it's if like, you're yeah, not... Yeah, I get it. It can produce a lot of cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not insanely, like, perfectly good at it, then I don't care. Right. That kind of stuff. Yeah, but even, like, there's just something that I don't know. And I could be wrong, but I just felt like there was something, like, um, I mean, first of all, like, when I saw him as well, he did Mm FISM, and I saw him in the final, in the final performance, and, like, he nailed that shit. Like, (laughs) you wouldn't believe. You know, and it was, like, at the exact moment when he needed to, he, like, really nailed it yeah yeah and it's I like think, an athlete right yeah. and I think there's something something about seeing someone at the top of their game like that bring out a performance of that level when it counts is like phenomenal um, so there's definitely that aspect of the perfection to it but also I just think yeah you see all the hard work I think maybe it's like slightly related to you know a sporting you know a sporting performance when you see something that great there's something like poetic about it yeah 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 Whereas, um, you know, other people, when they're, like, you know, fumbling or whatever, you just, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, like, that's exactly love, what I do. Too. I love, oh. Oh, <laughs> I love really bad magic. <laughs> yep. And I love really incredible magic. And anything that's average or okay, I'm just not interested in. Yeah. Totally uninterested. And I don't even like. It's not bad. It's just like this is this completely the wrong. Con- this is the why worst doesn't idea this person know? <laughs> no, I don't. No, mind. it's not that. I don't even mind that sometimes. Like I don't mind that, but like just this is just a horrific concept. <laughs> and somebody has spent so much time on this. Somebody's gone so far down the wrong path, and they're so happy about it or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. That's but. what I'm saying. They just it's like how how why did they think this? But is then I'll a good see idea. somebody who's doing something which is just pretty bad, yeah. or just not very good. And they spent so much time in it, and there's nothing more depressing to me. Oh, I'd be like, "Wow, this is brutal. This is just making me feel bad about life." Isn't that? Oh God, I just. Whereas, like, if it's really bad, yeah. and they spent, I can't. Like I said, I just think the more you try and break that stuff down, the less it, you know, the less you find. Basically, <laughs> at the beginning, you find yeah. a lot of rules, yeah. and you go, "Okay, well, this is what I think," and then, like, you find a lot of exceptions, mm-hmm. and then eventually you're left with nothing. Yeah. And you just go, I don't know why I like that, but I love it. I just love it. Yeah. You know, like there was an act who just produced flowers for 20 minutes. <laughs> to literally 20 minutes. Out of a box. So they would show the box empty. And then they would start producing flowers. And, they, and the flowers would like unfold and they put them down. And after like five minutes, you're going, this is dreadful. <laughs> this is the most boring. And after 10 minutes, you're going, God, this is horrific. It's a lot of flowers, though. <laughs> this is really terrible. And after 15 minutes, you're like, wow, when is this going to end? I mean, it really is a lot of flowers. <laughs> and then by the end of it, you just stay on your feet. Yes. Another, another flower. Just, just one more, please. Oh, my God, he did it. That's, you know what that is? That's performer Stockholm Syndrome. I know, I think it is Stockholm Syndrome. But, um, Yeah. <laughs> And then there are other people that, um, you know, people will be like, oh, God, this guy's a, this guy's a maestro. This guy's like, yeah. you know, a master. this is a masterpiece of magic. And I'll be like, just shoot me in the face right now. 
because this is terrible. <laughs> this, is, this is I can't relate to this in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So I tell you the best example about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, which fortunately it happened to my friend, who is an amazing performer. Yeah. Uh, a guy called Bertie Pierce. He's one of my favorite magicians. Okay. Um, and can make me laugh like nobody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be on the floor crying for laughter when he when he performs. And he um, was taught at a drama. Uh, a sort of clown no it's more of a drama school um, run by a guy called Jacques Lecoq who um, is a French guy and um, they, out of that school has come a lot of like really big theatre makers so my friend was performing his act mm-hmm. and Jacques stopped him and said um, take apart your table put it back together again and tell me what you're doing because that to me is far more interesting than anything you're doing right now <laughs> And I think it's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm watching somebody's like going, oh, I wonder how that table <laughs> comes apart. Yeah. You know, like, and whereas I don't care about the tiny ball that is appearing in the cup and now it's in your pocket, it's in your pocket or the cup. I'm like, I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. Like, so that was a big lesson to me. Mm-hmm. Well, so, okay. So but a lot of people do care about whether the ball is under the cup or in the Oh, pocket. yeah. We're not arguing that people don't care about it. This right, is just we're just your, arguing that yeah. they're wrong. Yes. <laughs> no, then, we're just saying that, you know, I've seen it too many times. Too. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, so, and so when you do see masters, what is it that lights up your brain about them? I get being endlessly amused by people that are truly terrible, but... Yeah. Only if it's an innocent... Yeah, exactly. Of badness. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when it's like a depressing, there is no hope for them. <laughs> then that's not good that's not fun you know, for anyone like starting out and they're just you know it's just atrocious you're like oh yeah, yeah. you know I'd like, laugh because I've been there yeah yeah of course I mean I've done some fucking terrible acts on stage but um um I don't know and like mastery well so like Archer like, or Williamson or you know some of the people you mentioned earlier <clears throat> I don't know I think mastery is like reserved for you know, David Williamson did 20 minutes once. That is, you know, he did a stand-up 20 minutes, and I thought it was, like, phenomenal. Yeah. And then uh, Caveney, Mike mm-hmm. Caveney's 20 minutes is, like, just, like, some of the greatest magics that have been created. So, um, so I don't know, it's something about, you You know, when you, wa- when you watch something, you can just tell whether something's good or not. Yeah. You can just tell that this isn't a fluke, mm-hmm. that this is, like, 10,000 hours on stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, everything's been thought through here, Um and even if it hasn't, even if they try something new, you can see like the performance behind it. You and can, you feel you honored see to see the new thing. I wouldn't even go that far, but oh, like, <laughs> I know because they think like you know who am I to be honored by like this guy that doesn't give a shit. Like, well, no, 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 no. I just mean like you. You feel lucky to see the the you beginning lucky. of you feel a, lucky yeah, to yeah see maybe it, not yeah. honored. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> you're just trying to shit on me. <laughs> You know, you go to a show. I'm honoured that you have chosen to perform. <laughs> Somebody said that to me the other day. About what? Who was it? I can't remember. It was about. Oh, I don't even remember. It was about the fact that. It was just interesting to me because they made it sound like it was a very famous performer. Yeah. And they were like, you know, I just felt like I'm so. You know, it's amazing that these guys are performing for me right now. And I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Oh, Nobody man. is there going, oh, oh, Steve's in the audience. <laughs> well, what an honor that this is here. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, 
in some ways like you do that you just do it everyone's on the same level yeah yeah, yeah. you know sure like and it's great to be able to perform to people but um oh it's my lawyer calling me in a bit um you know it's great to be able to it's just great to be able to perform for people but sure. um no, I mean the audience is honored. They feel lucky to see the new material. Right, maybe. I just okay. think less ego, less. less yeah, yeah, yeah. No, less yeah, ego okay. from everything, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ego is a killer. It's just yeah. a big killer. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I'm, I'm going to your show tonight. Hopefully. Right. Well, you are honored to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just meant I'm going to feel lucky to see you to be able right. to go you're, and see that, you. I think lucky is a great word. Like, yeah. You're lucky to see me, and I'm lucky to perform there. Well, and as long as no, that's true. Yeah, okay. As long as everyone is on that page, yeah, then I think you think you're in a good place because otherwise you start feeling privileged. Yeah, no. And with yeah, privilege yeah. comes what's the word beginning with E? Entitlement. Entitlement. Yes. And that's like the worst thing. That's when all this is entitled or the performer is entitled, you you've screwed. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that ego comes back in. Right. Yeah. And then I think that with magicians, and you know, like famous magicians, then that can come in very quickly oh yeah you know and also then we can start praising en- Emperor's new clothes you know and being like this routine is terrible this is- <laughs> I've seen routines get standing ovations and I'm like okay I'll give you a thousand dollars to come out with me come to a club perform that routine and even survive the performance <laughs> you know let alone get standing ovations yeah, if yeah, you yeah. make it through the end I'll give you a thousand dollars because that is dreadful Have you posed that challenge to someone in real life? No, I'd love to. Why not? Because I'm never friends with those people who are dreadful. Oh. <laughs> I don't really have friends who are terrible You don't want to friends. bring somebody out that isn't a friend. I just can't get on with people. Sure. Because usually, not usually, sometimes they're like, they're, they're very, they've got big egos mm-hmm. and they're terrible. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> how do you live with yourself? <laughs> it's better to be good and humble than it is to be great as uh, I do air yeah. quotes on a podcast <laughs> yeah, no. yeah I mean I, yeah I mean I look at myself and I go okay I think I'm good at what I do yeah but that is and I think I'm there are some nights when I'm not yeah you're it's just realistic you're just right. looking at yourself objectively yeah you can't it will be it will be like a false humility of me saying oh no I'm not very good yeah you know because like I've done enough things oh, yeah. that people have paid and you know giving me the appropriate job like okay I'm good at what I do but then I look at someone like Teller and I'm like no 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 he's great (laughs) he is great and when Teller talks to me about my act I'm like oh my god just the way he sees what I do the way he talk you know the way he works with the magic tricks Mm -hmm. and you just go that is somebody who's great you know no question so and I think it's amazing when somebody goes, no, no, I'm that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Well, yeah, that I'm goes pretty, back to... I'm pretty much the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's goes like, back to oh people coming up and being like, hey, John. Hey, John. <laughs> wink, wink. Hey, a few tips for you. Oh, I've had it. man. Have you had that? Yeah. Oh. People come up to me and they go, I used to do this thing where I levitate piffles. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this like little levitation machine built. And it was funny. And it was if you looked at it, you couldn't see the mechanics. But because he, it was on a motor, like it rose up and then stopped and then lowered down. So you could, it was obviously it was on a motor. Yeah. So and I did it like, sort not straight really, but you know, 
to try and keep the magic yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not, not reveal the magic yeah. and then one day I was like it would be a lot funnier if because we used to do it with music to cut, cover the you know, I, I yeah. believe I can fly or something. <laughs> um, so it would be much funnier to cut the music and just say down from there, and then have him go. <laughs> so we would do that, and just so many magicians came to the show and were like, "Oh, by the way, you know you can hear that motor at the end when he's coming down. You can hear that." And I just be like, "I don't know what to do with you guys. What do you want from me?" <laughs> That's like um. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know how to phrase it. But that's like you're not. You're not experiencing. Not you, but I mean that person. That's like you know. You can hear that, right? It's like they're not experiencing what everybody else is. They're like taken out of reality almost. Yeah, they're, they're watching like, a different thing than everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's sad. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, people not- don't know when to put it in the box and then leave it there and be like, I'm gonna watch this show instead of yeah I mean but there's there's an element of that like you know like a lot of comedians when they watch other comedians they just stand there going that's funny yeah that's funny joke detected Sorry. yeah yeah that's funny whereas um, you know rather than laughing yeah yeah, yeah. so and I but, but I mean I think that's the difference between like I'll watch a good performer and I'll be like that's really good yeah you know and then I'll watch a great performer and I'll be crying laughing you know whatever it is yeah Well, yeah. and it's like uh, and often not knowing why yeah 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 it's the difference between just magically like being fooled and not knowing how something works. You know, it's kind of like, wow, that kicked me in the brain, and I like felt it really hard. Or it's like, oh, yeah. you know, that may give other people. Yeah, but even when something fools me and it has no context behind it, I just don't care. I just <laughs> but, don't care. But don't you works. have like a like an internal feeling of something like if <laughs> no, only when it's backed up by something human. Okay. That's interesting. Is that? I mean, that's probably not that true. There's, you know, there probably isn't. Yeah, like, yeah. There are probably times when I've been fooled by something, which is just a great magic trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, I get that. Like, child, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, how does that work? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's probably true. Yeah. Maybe that's what I mean when I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it yet. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, know. I know what you're saying there, but there are, there are some times when it's just you're just there going, oh my god, how does that work? Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah. But it's just like when you get the new iPhone. Say the same thing. Like, oh my god, what's that? What is that doing? And then yeah. it's like, of course it does this. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah, change it, change it. Well, I always like for me the example is like automatic doors. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to do um, the haunted deck. You know, wave my hand and the deck would cut itself and the car would jump open and people would freak out. And then they go to the supermarket and the doors would open at the pass of their hands and they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the same trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly the same trick. <laughs> Only one of them uses a tiny string, <laughs> and the other uses a very complicated sensor that I don't know how it operates. <laughs> but you know, one of them is much more impressive to you. So, oh man, that's such a <laughs> that's such a remarkable like juxtaposition of, of things. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh gosh, I love that. Automatic doors and haunted packs. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. <laughs> okay, well, so what do you think that is? This this might go back to like the the Edison lessons. Is like why why do you think that the the Edison lessons that sounds a lot more intelligent than I meant it to. <laughs> well, of course, it's the Edison lesson. Of course, uh, the the but the the pack. Why is the pack cutting itself more amazing than the actual amazing things that happen around us all the time? The frequency with which we see them, like the iPhone, or 
I don't know. I mean, part of me just thinks there's a bit of common sense about that, mm-hmm. you know, which is that it's a natural object. It's an object that they've been shuffling, you know, and then suddenly something is happening. You know, they, they, they don't believe there are any workings to it. Whereas uh, a sensor, they just write off as, you know, shit I don't understand. That, <laughs> yeah. You know, like television. Yeah, sure. How do you get television? You know, oh, yeah, the waves come in, and then they go into the antenna, and then, you know, the picture comes up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> that explains it. What? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Like they just broadcast out the waves, and they get picked up, and then like, they just turn to pictures. You know, you have to be able to like, like, um, not care about everything in life. Yeah, yeah. So there's a that human element just cuts it off. Whereas a deck of cards is like, no, no, I was holding them. You know, no, no, I just shuffled them. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, like. Something about that, there's like a boundary there between, you know, too complicated to give a shit about, but within the, but sometimes it's where it feels like it's within your grasp to understand it and you can't, and that's where sometimes oh, where magic that's is. A, that's a nugget. There you it's go. It's in the grasp that you could understand it, but you can't. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's nice. That was worth the whole hour and a half. <laughs> that was worth the whole 20 minutes of cleaning up dog shit. Oh my god. We were talking about nuggets. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, that was nice. <laughs> um, I'm working on a miser's dream. Are you really? Yeah. With the treasure? Yeah, because um, and it's going to be something about how Mr. Pibbles literally shits gold. Oh, god. <laughs> That's the concept. And I, but I've had it for like two years. That concept. <laughs> That's awesome. So, but you know, he is definitely, definitely the money. <laughs> so me and my friend you know Richard Wiseman yes he's a good friend of mine and we were talking about piffle shitting gold it would be a great plot for a miser's dream that's amazing oh man I imagine a lot of work would go into that costume yeah <laughs> yeah with a butt flap and all of course that's what I meant right <laughs> um, yeah I mean that's the thing like that like you know I don't want to do the miser's dream because everyone's does it and yeah. could do it and people could see I, I always hate that thing where people see it somewhere else and go oh oh I, I saw the other guy do it yeah oh did that did you steal it from that other guy did he you know what's, yeah. I hate that I hate, I, to me that's as bad as audiences finding out how magic tricks are done I agree you know when you tell people and they go oh oh is that how it works that's the same deal for me when people think that you see your material elsewhere well because and I and I wish that magic was more like comedy in that aspect, which is like, sure, everybody has universal experiences, so make your magic about universal experiences, and you can do similar plots. Right. But there will always be arguments. I mean, in comedy, there's a lot of arguments about, oh, you stole my bit. Oh, yeah, of course. But um, but at least it would be nicer if people tried a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In magic. Yeah. So. Yeah, people don't. But you know, like also the audiences don't demand it, so it's part of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, yeah, you know, you can like win. You know, you can get TV shows and win huge awards by doing unoriginal stuff. So yeah, you know, why should you be original? We got dark here at the end. No, just say. <laughs> no, I think it's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Genuinely, think no, why should is. you be original? If, like, 
there's no need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You if know? you're not being, if it's not being enforced, right? And yeah. also, like for me, like I just like performing original material, so that's why I want to be original. Yeah. Whereas I have friends who don't like that. You know, they like performing like tricks that everyone does. So I'm like, all right, go for it. You know, it's the same. Yeah. Does it? Maybe not bother you. I'm sure you sleep well at night. But I, I mean, does yeah, it? Yeah, I sleep fine at night. Is it? Is it? Is it frustrating at all to be a magician in a climate where you could just do the same shit that um, everybody else does? Well, when it is frustrating, then that's a false frustration because, like, I can't. I don't find it interesting. Sure. So, like, there is no. So. You know, it's like force of me to say, "Oh, I could just be out there," because I actually can't be out there doing. No, of course. You know, just yeah, like yeah. when I, I was really bad at yeah. being. You know, when I say, "Oh, there's magic as a service industry, and magic as a, you know, show business," like that's not a. Um, it's not. It's not saying one's better than the other. It's just I can't do this. You know, I'm a terrible. Sure. You know, my public interfacing is genuinely awful. Oh, that was a nice my, IT callback. <laughs> yeah, my my customer service is terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I just can't, you yeah. know, I can't do that job. Sure. Um, whereas I can do show business because, like, I have a manager and an agent and a lawyer. You have people to deal with the people. Who can protect me on that stuff and yeah. do, do it on my behalf. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to get involved in any of that. So, um, so yeah, so, and it's the same with original material. You know, I just happen to only be able to perform my stuff well, mm-hmm. like most people. <laughs> But, you know, there are some people who can perform other people's material sure. just as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as well. Um, and there are some people who don't care. They just rip off anything and they sleep fine. And I sort of think, fair enough. <laughs> just think, all right. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally... I you know, it's much better for me to focus on my life of and, course. like, my work. Yeah. And I mean, Penn had a story about this. Somebody ripped him off and he rang up his mum and was like... Um, and you know he was saying alright oh, well I guess I'm going to have to sue this guy and his mum's like you don't, you're don't, not going to do that he's like well no I have to she's like, she's like no you don't and he was like it's my life's work and she was like first of all how old are you <laughs> and he was like 23 and she's like so it's not your life's work yeah. and she's like secondly you're going to have much more fun creating new material than you know chasing down someone who's ripped you off for old material Um so and I think that's a really nice way to look at you know it's much much better to just Move keep forward. doing what I want to do and concentrate on my life and let everyone do what they're going to do around me because yeah. I can't change any of that anyway sure so much better just to focus on you know on my on my stuff well and certainly got, working for you <laughs> yeah and it's you know there's a lot to do yeah it takes a long time a lot of strange jackets to escape from a lot of uh, boxes to destroy a lot of diarrhea to clean up. <laughs> well, we're right at two hours. Great. Yeah. Oh my god, it was it, a long one. It was a long one, and you didn't say anything that needs to be edited out. You're kidding. Do you want to fix it? <laughs> do, you, do you want to say no, a bunch of really no, bad no, stuff? Probably. <laughs> yeah, we're probably okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing it. Thank you very much, Elliot. Really and thank it. you, Dan and Dave Industries, for existing. Thanks, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> Security. <laughs> Please escort this man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug before yeah. I turn it off?
Oh, yeah. The no, deck of cards. Really. The possible TV show. Piff Deck. Piff Deck. Piff Deck.com. Okay. Um, what else? I guess if you want to see me live, they can do that. You can go to Piff Met Dragon. Uh, dot com and find out the tour dates we just got our own show in Vegas Mr. Pibbles and I Monday through Wednesday at the Flamingo at 8pm nice that's it okay thanks don't come if you're going to call me John after the show <laughs> just don't come and especially don't come if you're going to get offended when I call you out on it because <laughs> if that guy yesterday had been like oh yeah I'm sorry I'm just being a douche we would have been buddies yeah but it was he like got he got all grumpy <laughs> I gotta go and eat. Okay, thanks.